Welcome back to Table Talk, the show about challenging your faith and answering the hard questions in Christianity. I'm Clay, your host, and I can't wait to see what God has in store. Welcome back, listeners, to Table Talk with Clay. With us this week, we have an amazing guest, uh, Ethan Zimmerman. Welcome to the show. Hello, I'm glad to be here. Ethan, uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, a little, little bit. So, I'm a sophomore here at Ohio Northern University. I'm criminal studying criminal justice and religion, a double major. That's a good choice. Yes. I uh, plan to go to seminary to be a preacher, like my grandfather before me, uh, and the, today's topic, the uh, persecution of Christians, is kind of near and dear to my heart because you know obviously as someone who wants to go into ministry uh you know the persecution of believers is kind of an important topic and i've definitely faced ordeals from non-believers in the past so it's one near and dear to my heart um and then just really quick for the audience ethan if you could tell us uh just like your denomination and also a little bit about your faith story so so i am a lutheran specifically a part of the north american lutheran church and um, kind of like my faith story, I have grew up in my grandparents' household. My grandfather's a preacher, so I've always been in church. But I just kind of, it was just kind of a thing that I did. Like, there would be spurts where I'd be on fire for God, but it wouldn't last long until I came to college. And I went to the first fusion worship night put on by Northern Christian Fellowship here, uh, fall semester of my s- freshman year. And I, that's when I accepted the call to ministry because I was just overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit and I just realized that that's what God wanted me to do and so here I am. That's awesome. All right. So headed into, as Ethan mentioned, our topic tonight is going to be on persecution. Um, and, and just to give a little bit of background about Christian persecution, I know some of our listeners are familiar with the history of early persecution, but I, I did want to, uh, to, to just kind of mention and go over right so honestly and you can you can put in on this ethan i think it's it's clear to me that since the inception of christianity really um what we've we've been persecuted you know maybe not us personally but as a group of people i think christians have been persecuted i mean even think of jesus right his ideas were so radical um so so out of the box so so against, I guess, what the norms of the time were that, you know, his, his own people group, the Jewish people group, were willing to crucify him, right? Um, we think of other early believers, right, of those 12 disciples. I mean, obviously, Judas killed himself. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, of those 12 disciples, uh, 11 of those 12 or, or 10 of those original 12 uh, were martyrs for their faith. The only one not being so was John. Um who wrote, you know, all the Johns and, and Revelation. Revelation yeah. yeah. But it, it's just it's just crazy to me how every single one of those guys, e- even though, you know, it's not mentioned in the Bible, there's only, what, I think two accounts of martyrdom in the Bible yes. from those disciples. Steve, well, Stephen was the first Stephen, martyr. Stephen, yeah. Um, John the Baptist, you could even say, was a martyr as well. Cause he was Absolutely. Beheaded by Herod. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of even uh, when I was doing some research about this, most of the early saints in the church that have been are canonized saints by at least the Catholic Church, most of them 
uh, were martyrs. You'd, it'd be a rare, rare instance of a saint not being a martyr in the early church. You know, for example, um, Saint Blandina, she was um, martyred during the like massacre of Lyon in 177 A.D. She was uh, a slave to her Christian master, and she was when they gathered up all the Christians in Lyon, like which was modern modern day France, but then Gaul. They gathered up all the Christians and put them in arena with wild animals. And her specifically, she refused to recant her faith, so they tied her to a pole, stripped her naked, and let her let wild animals loose in the arena. And none of them touched her. And this went on for several days. And then finally, they wrapped her in a net and set her in front of a wild bull. And the bull tossed her in the air, but it didn't kill her. So they finally just had to go in and stab her to, ki- to finally end up killing her. And like... The bishop of uh, the Church of Smyrna in modern-day Turkey, Polycarp, he was burned at the stake, but the flames didn't touch him, didn't hurt him, so they had to go and stab him to finally kill him. And during when, like, the, the colloquial term for when the, like, corporate persecution by the Roman Empire started, the Great Persecution, and, like, the end of the 3rd century, beginning of the 4th century, under, like, the Roman Emperor's like Diocletian and um, Galerius, most, which has happened mostly in the eastern part of the empire. Uh, St. George of uh, Lydda, who was a member of Emperor Diocletian's personal like Praetorian guard, his bodyguard, refused to recant his faith in Jesus Christ, like he admitted to it, and was a martyr for that. And so, like, you know, there's tons and tons of examples from the early church of different saints refusing to believe give up their faith in Jesus Christ just to save their lives and so they were martyred for it Mm -hmm. and I think you know obviously number one that's a testament to just how how powerful Christianity is right like I I am willing to die for what I believe to the point of you know being burned at the stakes being eaten by wild dogs I mean there the examples go on and on like you mentioned and you know as as I was doing research as well we're, we're seeing martyrdom you know, recorded martyrdom as, as early as 64 AD. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, large part in, in uh, you know, the persecution was due to the Roman Empire. So go them. Uh, yeah. Just just great. Um, but just simple things like refusing to, to worship Roman gods, refusing to offer sacrifices to the emperor. Right. Uh, emperor Nero was a great example. Right used a lot of excuses um for example rome burning mm-hmm. uh to persecute christians, christians. And, and and we see that you know even even with non-christians and and christians as we'll see as we continue this discussion to modern days right you know evil people using certain people groups to to as pass blame exactly exactly yeah. and you know that's that is where you know our christian roots come from a lot of people don't even realize like you know the jesus fish the you probably can pronounce it better than me the ithacus is that the ithacus yeah there it is yeah i i am forgive me listeners for my terrible terrible greek uh but you know even even that is a sacred symbol right that is a secret symbol that the early church used to to identify identify fellow christians yeah yeah Yeah, to, to avoid persecution and now you know, it's cute to tattoo it on your ankle and on your foot and to show everyone your Jesus fish on your car. But I, I think people fail to realize that that stems from 
literal martyrdom like the early church everyone is being killed and this is the only way you know yeah we're fishers of men and it's cool and it's a great testament to christ but that identifying mark was something that we held dearly Mm -hmm. uh, as a as a symbol of our faith but um you know as you were kind of mentioning over time christianity continued to be persecuted until constantine came to power and you know the edict of milan Mm -hmm. Um, legalizing it and then uh, i think it was emperor theophilus Mm -hmm. uh finally made it like about a hundred years later or so made it the official religion of the roman empire Mm -hmm. and um even then after it was legalized when it was the official um religion of the roman empire i can't remember the emperor's name but there was an emperor in between there that reestablished um, like the worship of like the Roman gods like mm-hmm. Mars and Jupiter and like like revitalized that practice and the persecution of Christians jumped up again and then it, it kind of you know fell back down a little bit once it became the legal legalized and was the official religion of the empire and I, I think we see that pattern repeated in history right if we if we shift our, our focus into more modern history and over time it roughly estimated 70 million christians have been martyred for their faith in one way or another 70 million um and i'll i'll just throw out a few more stats really quick for the listeners uh numbers estimate as high as 1 million um, christians were martyred by nazi germany over 15 million martyred by the soviet union 200,000 in the chinese boxer rebellion yep um, another 700,000 killed by communist China. That's another rough estimate. We really don't have solid numbers and on that. That's still happening to <laughs> it's this day. still occurring. Uh, 300,000 in Uganda in the 70s. Um, and, you know, annually, this is, again, just, just a rough estimate. Anywhere from 8,000 to 100,000 Christians killed somewhere in the world every single year. Um which, which really just leads us into this modern discussion about Christian persecution, right? Um, I, I don't know if you had anything to weigh in on that, but... Oh, it, no, it just goes right into our next point. Yeah, modern... That, that Christian persecution in the modern world is a massive human's right, human's right problem. Because not only are people dying, like being killed on with malefic intent, but they're being killed because of their religion. Mm-hmm. Which was uh i think i think in like 1948 was established by the un as like yeah. a human like religious freedom is like a human right right and so killing people for their beliefs you mm-hmm. know in addition to just, just killing them just to kill them you know is a massive human right problem yeah and and what ethan was uh was mentioning there was was the 1948 UN General Assembly that was kind of our, our first discussion on human rights, which was followed up by that International Covenant of Civil and Political Rights of 1966. If, uh, if you'd like to do research, we'll include it probably in the show notes, but under Article 18, that guarantees religious freedom, right? A- as a human right, it is protected. And yet, in this world, and you know, I- I'm not saying that this is just Christians, but Christians are still being persecuted for their faith. We look at countries like North Korea. We look at Afghanistan. We look at Somalia, Libya, and Pakistan. Those are just like five of the most highly Mm -hmm. persecuted countries. Um, That's that's not including places like China where, you know, 
maybe it's not illegal, but your faith is, is still frowned upon. You're still persecuted. 260 million Christians. This is this is just Christians. This isn't people. 260 million Christians are currently living in persecuted areas. Yeah, like you mentioned North Korea. Um, North Korea has been the number one most dangerous country in the world for Christians, bo- listed by um, Open Doors, which is like a international... Um, they list uh, like f- the top 50 of the top worst countries in the world to be a Christian in, and North Korea has held the number one spot for the past 12 years. And I was uh, reading in my research something like that. 20% of the country's um, 50 million Christians live in concentration camps because of their faith. And, like, they're subjected to torture, death, starvation, and just all sorts of cruelty that just that human cruelty can reach. And, you know, I don't want our listeners to get the misconception that, you know, hey, only Christians are being persecuted. Because obviously that's not the case, right? If we look at a country like North Korea... Where religion is just banned in general. Yeah, where religion is banned in general, where freedoms that are guaranteed by the UN are banned in general. Yes, we understand that. Um, and obviously we, we want all people to be able to express who they are, to be able to express their, their freedom of religion and their freedom of speech. But the reason that we're focusing on, on Christian persecution, right, is because, you know, those brothers and sisters that we have overseas, if we look at Matthew, what, Matthew 28, where we talk about the Great Commission, yep. right, it, it's, it's our duty as Christians, as, as people of the Christian faith as Christ's followers, our, our mission is to spread that gospel into all the corners of the earth, right? That, we believe, is is the final thing that Jesus left us with before he returned to heaven. And, and so as our duty, right, we're, we're drawn to those areas. We're, we're drawn to push that gospel into the places that it, it's not always clearly given or that it is persecuted. And, you know, Looking from an outside-in viewpoint, I think a lot of people could think that we're crazy or that we're stupid for doing something like that, yeah. right? And, and I can't totally blame them, right? Yeah, I can't <laughs> totally blame them either. Yeah. But, like, I feel like the reason why um, us as Christians and as missionaries go to these countries is because, you know, these countries where, uh, Christ, you know, people are persecuted for their faith, you know, like Christians, like in North Korea or in China is because that's a, a land filled with people who are just desperate, who we feel like, you know, are desperate to hear the gospel, or to hear the good news of Jesus Christ and his salvation. And so we are drawn, we feel as a duty to go and preach that to those people, regardless of, you know, our physical safety to ourselves. We believe that the gospel is important enough that we are willing to risk that. And, and to clear up another misconception, right, I think sometimes when, when, you know, uh, people hear the the word missions, or when people hear the word spread the gospel, uh, unfortunately, I think that there's kind of a stigma associated with that, where it's like, we're, we're taking the natives, we're forcing them to believe all of our Western culture and Western beliefs, yeah. and uh, then we're sending them on their way, you know, whether that's slavery, whether that's forced labor, whether that's demolishing their entire populations because we decided to bring a disease over and didn't understand how that worked. Um, you know, I, I want to make sure that our listeners understand imperialism is not part of Christianity, right? No, it's it, It's an effort to spread Christ's love. And unfortunately, I think that, you know, early, 
early church members when the church was misguided, right? We look at the holy wars. We look at we look at early colonization yeah. of different uh, uh, empires used the gospel uh, and subverted it to their own will to help subdue populations so they could get control and build their empires as as both a justification for violence i think as well as control and you know honestly whether those those individuals claim the christian belief or not i think we see similar characteristics in leaders like in north korea Mm -hmm. right of course they want to either you know they they know that they can either use religion as a source of power right over the people if if i put my human interpretation on religion if i declare myself as as ruler as king of this religion and i say that i have that direct connection to god then i can use religion as a weapon or if i completely ban it and say you know there's absolutely no religion here then there's there's a very difficult path for god and God's people to, to be able to spread that message of hope and love to the people that really need it in those countries. So uh, I think, you know, leaders throughout history have obviously abused religion to the point that it, oh, yeah. it, it turns a lot of people off um, and, and it traps a lot of people. And that's really, really unfortunate to say, but yep. it is. And, and you know, I, I'm sure listeners understand that and and i'm sure that that's a that's a point of contention right where you look at history and you're like well why would god want this why would why would a perfect god allow all of these terrible things to happen in his name and we just want to clear that misconception right god is not behind any of those actions (laughs) god our our mission through that great commission is to spread love to spread hope to people who need it and and to really just help change their lives for the better not not to spread our culture not to be overwhelming but to instead assimilate to their culture to be to become one of them right we're not the the classic valley girls i went to africa for two weeks so that i could take two pictures with some orphans and then i leave but i posted on instagram for likes like that is not not the goal of missions for us no not at all and like you know an example of like you know governments using religion for their own purposes in china the there's two legal christian churches under the communist party of china which is completely under their control the three self-patriotic movement and the chinese patriotic catholic association and these you know churches if you want to call them you know they have the basic beliefs of christianity you know Jesus died for our sins, you know, he's going to come back one day, you know, we should, you know, have good, we should try and follow the will of God and live a moral life, but, you know, you can't, you have to worship at a specific location that's government mandated, there are only 13 uh, seminaries that if you want to be a pastor, you have to go to one of those, and, you know, they're controlled by the state government, and if you worship in your home or anywhere else, you are persecuted not only by the government itself, but by these churches, you know, from people who call themselves Christians, you know, from these churches. And this is in China, and you're this saying? This is in China, wow. yes. <laughs> That's crazy. And, you know, I, I think another funny thing to, to add on to that is countries like that, right? Um, 
they still say that, you know, well, we allow Christianity, right? It's not that we're repressing religion. So going back to that whole UN charter, right? Yeah. Well, we're not violating the UN charter. We're not we're not doing anything against that. We're still allowing people to practice their their freedom of religion. And I, I think a lot of people fail to see like that that more inside view of what actually is going on. Like that is hardcore persecution. Oh oh yeah. I mean like you can if you wanna take it easy and not have to deal with the repercussions of dealing with, you know, for example, China and its obvious persecution of Christians and you could say, like, oh, yeah, they're following the charter. But, like, if you actually look at what's happening when people leave China and say, like, hey, this is happening to us as Christians, you know, like, that's a, that's a tough, tough situation to, like, deal with. You know, that, and that might be one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of um, persecution of Christians and just people of faith, in ge- like, of different faiths in general is kind of ignored because... Uh, you know, the UN and, you know, the United States and, like, Great Britain, like, these big world powers don't want to have to try and deal with these countries who are doing this. Right. So it's a long, messy, investigative process. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that kind of brings us to the next point, right? I think government leaders and governments in general are fearful, right? They see Jesus as a controversial figure. They know that, you know, Jesus's message is, is life-changing, and I think that they're afraid of that. Mm-hmm. But... I, I also think that, you know, if we look at a country like Pakistan or we look at a country um, that, that statistically leans more towards a different faith in a, in a very heavy way, right? Yeah. So with an overwhelming Muslim population and, and a government mainly comprised of followers of Islam, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of suspicion associated with that, right? Uh, it, it's easy to be very suspicious, and I think, you know... Americans are clearly guilty of the exact same thing. For sure. Perhaps For sure. not to the same level. Sometimes even, I think, to a, to a higher right. level. Uh, right? To a higher level, yeah. <laughs> um, but we, we get so, you know, comfortable in our culture that as soon as somebody who's a little bit different or as soon as somebody who has a different message or a different belief comes along, you know, we're so fast to jump the gun and judge and say, this is dangerous, this is not okay, right? Think about 9-11, right? I... Uh, and this isn't this isn't a show about political views. I don't want it to be about that. But think about how the the culture in America shifted towards the Muslim community. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that I agree with Islam. I don't want our viewers to think that you know I agree with Islam or that I'm okay with other religions or that you know I I believe everyone goes to heaven or anything like that. Right? That's a different that's a different show discussion. Yes. Um. But they're still brothers and sisters. They're still humans. They're still people that deserve Christ's love. They're mm-hmm. not. They're they're not to be labeled like that. They're not all killers. And and I think it's just crazy. And and yet we have people like who is it the, what what's that Baptist church the, uh, uh, the ones that like show up to the Westboro Baptist. Yes, church? the yes. ones that show up to soldiers' funerals who have sacrifice their lives for the country and are willing to protest and tell everyone that they're going to hell yeah like great that's the image that people have of christianity that we're hypocrites and that we're bigoted and that's the discussion we're going to get into in a second but you know i i think the fear of the unknown right it's really easy to be afraid of something that you don't know anything about Mm -hmm. same thing applies with Look at racist organizations in america for example right we we look at the ku klux klan the kkk right well, why do you think racism exists? Because of ignorance. Yep. 
it's not because you know the color of their skin and i think that's an easy label to throw out and and people will use that as the excuse it's because of ignorance you don't know Mm -hmm. the the culture associated with that you don't know the people group and so it's really easy to be afraid of something you don't know yeah um so i don't know if you had anything on that but i mean like i've had plenty of people like just who don't even this isn't even like you know about like racism or like persecution but like people who just don't know me and then they hear something about me and like boom they're quick to you know quick to assume something and then they don't take the chance to even get to know me and then boom there's there's hatred right there and i feel like that is easily that can be easily applied to a whole group of people into a whole religion Mm -hmm. absolutely and uh just just kind of moving into our last point on on why persecution happens um i I think the rise of extremism right Mm -hmm. and and terrorism in general right we look at we look at boko haram you know an example of of an islamic terrorist group and i think it's really easy especially in you know american western society to to point fingers at the islamic extremists because i think that's kind of what we see but we're we're really quick to kind of point that that speck out in their eye and not acknowledge the fact that we also deal with domestic terrorism literally constantly right i mean mm-hmm. we we already mentioned the ku klux klan um and, and i think that their their fundamentals are obviously based on on racism and hatred but there, there's just so many different organizations that we also deal with that are extremists whether to the right to the left um you know Christian extremism, Muslim extremism, and, and I think the rise of that in society has has led to further persecution of Christians in countries where they're already repressed. Yeah. Right? And, you know, we hear about the church bombings, we hear about attacks on Christians, we hear about, you know, rapes and murders, and all of these terrible things that people um, are, are suffering through just because they believe in Jesus, just because... You know, I am going against the family, the the family norms, right? Because I, I disagree a little bit with what my family said, and I'm I'm going against the tradition, and and I think that's a huge reason why. Yeah, and you could even like, if you want to look at extremism in Christianity, you could like look at the Crusades. Like, oh, for sure. And like you know, the Crusades weren't just like that happened just just in the Middle East around Israel. They happened. In France, they happened in Northern Europe. That's how, you know, Northern Europe, Europe around, like, Estonia, Latvia, used to be um, very pagan and followed, like, the, like, old, not necessarily the Old Norse gods, but, like, dip, uh, old Norse pagan gods like that. But the, you know, Teutonic Order went in and launched several, you know, church-backed crusades. and Not conquered. even always church-backed. Backed. church Church orchestrated. Church orchestrated. <laughs> church back. Church orchestrated wars against these people groups, conquered them, and made them Christian. And that that's a form of extremism because if you have half a brain and can read the Bible, that is very obviously not what Jesus preached at all. And, and then you know I, I and I I don't know that funny is the right word, but and then we have the audacity to. To wonder why the Middle East is in turmoil all the time. We we wonder why, you know, well, why does Islamic extremism exist? Why is the Middle East always in conflict, tearing themselves apart? Well, I wonder why. I wonder why. Right? Strange that that, 
that that is happening in an area that the church decided we were going to upset. And I mean, yes, if you look back in history, I, I think that that area has always been in turmoil. I, I think that it has always been at war, and I think it always probably will be. But you, you can't you can't minimize the impact that the church had on the turmoil of that area. You can't yeah. that you cannot justify to me that violence, yeah, right? I mean, there, there's there, no way. <laughs> there were even like. Um, the kingdom of Antioch and the kingdom of Jerusalem where, mm-hmm. like, western kingdoms in a non-western part of the world ruled for about not not a very long time. I'd say, like, a, like at most 100, 150 years before they were <clears throat> overruled by, um, you know, Islamic, Islamic forces, Islamic nations around there. Mm-hmm. And, like, that just causes turmoil and then, like, you know, constant, you know, uh, 1800s, you know, British Empire came in, took over Afghanistan, Pakistan, France, and Syria, and just, like, that just constant upset. And that could be, you know, the persecution in those areas now could just be, like, cultural retaliation for what had happened to them for hundreds of years. And and I think in large part, you know, that that is what it is, right? Yeah. If If I am a colonizer, if I'm an imperialist, and I bring my Western culture with me, you know, great, I brought some priests with me that are also working for God and are actually committed to that mission, but you really think that that's what the people are going to remember you for? Right? Oh, great, you killed, you know, three-fourths of our population off of smallpox, but thanks for Christianity, we uh, really appreciate that one. Christ's message is great. No, they're going to hold on to, to the fact that you killed off three-quarters of their the people, yep. that you enslaved innocent people, that you caused the war that didn't need to happen. And, you know, I don't think that justifies persecution by any means. No. Um, and, and I still think that those people need to hear Christ's message. But I do think it paints a more full picture of exactly why that's happening, where it's happening. Yeah. Um, but did you have anything else to, to bring on to the persecution discussion before we kind of shift gears a little bit? Um, yeah, I. if you read, you know, in the Bible, Jesus and... Both, you know, Paul said multiple times, and Peter did as well, that, like, you know, if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to walk the path of a Christian, a disciple of Christ, you're going to you're going to be hated, you're going to be persecuted. You know, for example, John 15, 8, and this is out of the uh, ESV translation of the Bible, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. You know, Matthew 5, 10, ESV, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sakes, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, like, Jesus knew, like, hey, these people are going to crucify me because they don't like what I have to say, and if you're going to follow me because I... If you're going to follow me, they're also not going to want to like what you have to say about what I said. So they're going to hate (laughs) you, too. Yeah. And, And I think that's a fantastic transition, right, as we... As we talk about persecution and, you know, even Paul talking about taking joy in his persecution, taking joy in being imprisoned, right? I think this is where the West has really lost touch, right? If we look at American Christianity, where, where Scripture talks about, and I'll make sure to put the reference in the show notes for, for our audience, uh, but, but where it talks about picking up your cross daily and following me, right? I don't think... And, and this is my interpretation based on what I've experienced in the church. I don't think modern Americans, I don't think modern Christianity doesn't, 
I don't think they understand what that means. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that we fully, and, and I'm labeling we as, as all Christians in the West, I, I know that I shouldn't do that, but that we don't get what that means, what Jesus meant, what, what the writers of Scripture meant when they said that. Yeah. I mean, when Jesus said, you know, in John, I think, 14, 6, you know, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. And when he said, you know, pick up my cross, pick up your cross daily and follow me, you know, he meant that, like, you know, what I said is true, what I've done is the way, and it gives life. And to get that, you know, you have to pick up your cross and follow me. Like, you have to sacrifice your, you know, your sins, like confess your sins before God and repent and try, even though you're not going to be perfect at it, try and be as, you know, holy and godly as possible and try and live for Christ every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here, but, you know, I, I just want to pose the question both to you and to our listeners, why why is it that the American church, that, that Western Christianity is so disconnected? Why? And, and you know, I, I think I, I have an answer and I'll present that, but do you have any thoughts? It, you, yeah, I think because the, you know, the pilgrims, for example, came over from mm. England because they were persecuted by the, the Church of England, and they saw themselves as the Israelites coming into Canaan across mm -hmm. the, you know, the River Jordan, and so that's, you know, kind of explains the harsh treatment of the Native Americans, and so, you know, this country was founded you know, on uh, Christian pilgrimage to, you know, escape persecution and on based on Christian values um, and, you know, manifest destiny expanding into the West is kind of like, you know, like, hey, it's God's will that we expand into the West and, you know, up until very, I'd probably say about halfway through my grandparents' lives, you know, America viewed itself as like a Christian even though we're mm -hmm. technically not a Christian nation, we <clears throat> kind of had this cultural identity as a Christian nation and because of that as a Christian nation, nation we weren't really persecuted as the major since we were the majority. Right, and, and let me just emphasize, you said explanation, right, when it, when it comes to the early pilgrims. We want to make sure we say explanation, not justification for, for, for yes. treating the yes. native people so terribly, right, and, and for that manifest destiny, right? Um, but, but I think you're absolutely right, and I think that that's a lot of where that entitlement comes from, right? This is, this is ours now, right? And we're justifying this by looking back in Scripture and saying, you know, well, we're the modern Israelites, we're God's chosen people, and, you know, unfortunately, I think people like the Quakers, right, mm -hmm. they, they get a bad rap because of some of the Puritan um, um, backgrounds behind that, right, if, if we think about the Quakers and, and their way of life, they were called Quakers literally as a derogatory term because they, they quaked in the presence of God, like, th those people were on fire for Christ, oh, yeah. um, and, and, and they, they weren't here to to, to hurt the natives. They, they were here to love the natives. They were here to escape persecution, not saying that the Puritans weren't, but they went about it in a completely different attitude, and, and history tells that story. But, you know, as, as the Quakers, as a denomination, have diminished, I think the attitude of 
of what Christianity and the focus on what Christianity is has diminished as well, right? You you brought up in in the in your grandparents' life, right? American society has gone from, you know, I guess Christian, mm-hmm. like like you said, not necessarily labeled as Christian, but Christian in parentheses to to what it is today. And just digging a little bit at the stats, right? It's it's reports are saying sixty five percent of Americans self identify as Christians, but less than twenty percent of that number regularly is attending a church. Uh, digging into regularly attending, that means going once a month, right? That doesn't yeah. mean going weekly. Regular attendance at a at a church is once a month, um, and and I I think that that stat is. You know, one shocking, but also two pretty pretty self-explanatory, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and that entitlement that's stemming um, from our past, and I, I think you know, and, and I want you to you you to put in on this too. I, I think modern society, right, where we have the freedom of expression in the West, where we have the ability to to be whatever we want to be, to do whatever we want to do, I think has allowed the Christian community as well to say. Well, we can we can do what we want to do. We don't necessarily need to follow all of the Bible. We get to pick this area that we like and sounds good, and we like this area because it doesn't offend, you know, person X, Y, and Z. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, like we have, you know, as a Christian in America, we have it easy, you know, like to say the least. To yeah, say, to say the least, like. Uh, you know, my the pastor at the church I go to, almost every single Sunday, he mentions and praises God for the fact that we don't have to worry about being killed for our faith. You know, that we can have the freedoms in this country to, like, worship God freely and, you know, praise for people, you know, in other countries that, you know, are persecuted for their faith. But, like, this, this freedom, just, like, of expression when other people, you know, who aren't necessarily identifying themselves as Christians kind of just get to do whatever they want, um, you know, as long as it's not, like, harming others, like, expressing mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. freely, you know, that kind of bleeds over into you know, our faith and our traditions and our practices and so, you know, when it becomes commonplace in culture to pick and choose different things that support your ideas that's what's going to happen to the church in America you know, we there are lots of churches that like to pick and choose things to support their beliefs and you know everybody does that that's human nature but it it is definitely more prevalent in the united states because you know we have the freedom to do so and and i mean when there's not the pressure of persecution it's really easy to stagnate it's really easy to to pick up these traditions that we like to believe in and and to get stuck in our beliefs right Uh, i i think if you go into a, a Western modern church, right, the the normal church, right, less or around a hundred attendees every every Sunday, and we ask, you know, Linda in the back row, what persecution is? She'll say that, you know, John wore his jeans to church, and I feel persecuted because of that, because it goes against their traditions. Or we ask somebody else in the church what they view persecution as, and maybe it's, you know, I disagree that drums should be on the front of the stage. When we're turning a completely blind eye on the fact that people are actually dying yeah. for their faith, right? We don't we don't have that pressure um, that that persecution brings. We we're not constantly having to say, 
you know what, Jesus, I am trusting you with this day. I don't know what this day will bring. It may bring me death for you. It, it may bring me life. It may bring me more people to speak um, to in your name. I do not know. Um, but, but we don't have that pressure, right? We, we don't, we're not pressured to go to church. We're not pressured to make our faith real. It, it's something we have the liberty and ability to claim. And, you know, by no means do I want to say that, you know, liberty is not a good thing or that the freedom of speech and expression is bad. But I do want to say that when we have that ability, it's really easy for us to take advantage of it, to take it for granted, and, and stop realizing that other people don't have that, um, that that ability. Yeah, and like even in, um, you know, Paul talks about this in Romans, the fifth chapter, uh, verse 3. He says, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And if you're, you know persecuted and you have lots of trials and tribulations because of your faith you're going to be you're either you're either going to fall off or you're going to persevere and so when that doesn't happen we have no perseverance we're you know thin-skinned and we're the in the parable of the seeds where the the seeds that uh fall in and amongst the roots and when the thorns grow up we just let go of our faith mm -hmm. because it was hard and you, when and the things that are hard is you know saying somebody insulted my casserole because it wasn't good <laughs> yeah <laughs> or somebody wore pants to church when they should have been wearing a suit and coat and so on and so forth yeah and i mean that brings up the great point of like there's just a gap with how real our faith is right real in parentheses meaning you know it's easy to claim something it's easy to claim that i'm a christ follower when it doesn't mean risking my life every single time i say that it's easy to claim being a christian um when it when it doesn't mean that you know, that might lead to me being imprisoned, right? Yeah, I, I think in America, as attitudes have changed, you might get some dirty looks when you claim Christianity. You might mm -hmm. definitely get some feedback, and there's obviously negative things associated with being a Christian um, that are both warranted and unwarranted, but that's nowhere near the level of, of persecution that people across the globe are actually dealing with. Um, and... Uh, I, I think this brings up kind of our last point, right? How do we challenge the misconceptions that both the church and people have? How, how do we challenge, right? How, how do we show the church that we are so entitled that we are blind to this, that we don't see persecution, and this is really what persecution is? So first, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Well, that could you could do it, you know, with modern technology, you could honestly just, you know, go to churches and show them videos and photos of, like, you know, piles of dead bodies of persecuted Christians or videos mm. of, uh, you know, Christians on, like, when ISIS beheaded people on the beaches of, like, Al I don't remember, like, like Tunisia or mm -hmm. Algeria, mm -hmm. like, you know, like, those are horrifying videos. I ended up seeing one where they... The, when they beheaded those peoples, they weren't using a big sword and it was one swoop chop of the head. They were using, you know, knives the size of pocket knives to cut off somebody's whole head. Also, like, real quick, uh, parental advisory. advisory. Uh, totally forgot to mention that one at the top of the episode, but that's okay. <laughs> go, yeah. go ahead. And so, like, you know, if you just kind of, like, you know, show this, just be blunt and be honest about it, you know, people might gain a new appreciation. 
Well, and I think, you know, you're bringing up the point of being blunt. I think that's something the church has lost. Yeah. Right? The American church, you look at, you know, and I don't want to overgeneralize, but if you look at a megachurch in America, a, a classic megachurch, it's not, you know, we're talking about the, the hard stuff that's hard to talk about. We're not talking about homosexuality. We're not talking about, you know, transgenderism. We're not talking about um, predestination versus free will. We're not talking about all this stuff. We're talking about let's feel good. Yeah. This Sunday, let's let's get recharged and feel yeah. great for the Prosperity week. Prosperity gospel, if you know, if you give give this money to the church, God's gonna make you a billionaire. Yeah, how so about on. you should really purchase this amazing holy water that I myself have blessed. I will sell it to you for the low price of nineteen ninety five plus shipping and handling. Yeah, and you know, I'm definitely not saying that we should bring back the whole. If you don't believe in God, you're going to hell. Like I am not a big. <laughs> fire and brimstone guy either but come on like there's so much more to christianity than just well god feels good and jesus loves you yeah he does love you he does but But it's not it's this isn't universalism no yeah absolutely not and you know what not everybody's going to agree with christian ideals and that's okay right but if that's really what we're going to stand for if we're going to take a stand for christ then we need to do it and and everything isn't relative they're there are absolutes. There's, Absolutely. There are truths when it comes to it because, you know, Jesus, like I said earlier, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. That means God's way, trusting in God, is the way to heaven. Nothing else. Absolutely nothing else can earn you salvation. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't think that that's an easy change to bring about, right? If we're talking about addressing the entire entire american church the entire western christianity that's not an easy change it's not something that's going to happen overnight but i think step by step um we we can get there right if we're being honest with people if we're actually speaking you know the things that that jesus spoke himself right yes absolutely we want to speak the message of love christ absolutely loves you he died for you that's how much he loves you god gave his son for you so that you could inherit the kingdom of God. But that doesn't mean that you get to say that you're a Christian and then not do any of the things that Christ calls you to do. It doesn't mean that you get to say, well, I'm a Christ follower, but I'm not going to pick up my cross. I'm not going to make any sacrifices. Yeah, your, your faith, your, you know, the faith that Christians and other parts of the world that are persecuted and die for, if you're a Christian and, you know, the West, you know, your faith is, it's an action, it's a verb. Like, you go out and do... You're not saved by your works. You're saved by the grace of God. But when you're saved by the grace of God and you realize that, your faith is going to call... It's going to convict you to go out and do good works and try and live a godly life and follow the way of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. So, just a few closing remarks, right? Um, I'd encourage all the listeners, right? if, If you're interested in supporting those who are actually persecuted in the world... Please, please, please visit Voice of the Martyrs, right? If, if you're using an online source, you can go to persecution.com slash donate, um, and that will give you a direct link to actually donate to those across the world who are being persecuted for their faith. Ethan, I just wanted to take time and, uh, and thank you for coming on the show. It was Did, an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you oh, for the invitation. Absolutely. I hope we can do it again soon. Uh, did, did you have any closing remarks for the audience? You know, if you are someone of faith, you know, it would be good to, you know, look at yourself and look at your faith to see where you are, you know, to see if you have that sense of entitlement that we talked about 
and maybe you know just delve into scripture and to see you know and just go humble yourself before God and just ask you know him to change your life to fully realize and, and appreciate the freedoms we have in this country to worship him and to maybe you know live live life you know in a more godly way absolutely and appreciation for those who are live in countries and are persecuted that we who don't have those freedoms amen well that's going to close us out for this week of table talk we want you to know that we love you and that god loves you and we hope that you have a blessed week we'll catch you all next episode thanks for listening to this week's episode of table talk i pray that you feel encouraged and that you leave challenged i can't wait for you to tune in next week for another awesome episode of table talk